Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Joshua Peristani with the American Pharmacy Purchasing Alliance, leaving a review for Pharmacy Podcast. The Pharmacy Podcast has been an incredible source of up-to-date industry information. I have found the topics to be pertinent and timely in current events. It's a must for those in the industry and all interested parties. They've also been a significant contributor at APPA in helping to bring pharmaceutical purchasing to the forefront. The people at the Pharmacy Podcast are definitely movers and shakers in the pharmaceutical world. And in closing, I can't say enough positive things about the Pharmacy Podcast, except that if it's not already on your list of essential podcasts, it should be. Thank you. This is Robert Starr from The Transformation Show, and you're listening to The Pharmacy Podcast. Hey there, Pharmacy Podcast listeners. Welcome back to The Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, I tell you what, uh, there are a few uh, in far between podcasters out there that I really get to uh, lock uh, horns with and talk with and uh, hit ideas back and forth, and I was honored to be on Robert Starr's uh, Transformation Show uh, quite some time ago, and it was amazing to hear the views of someone who is dedicated to independent community pharmacy technology in the great country of Australia, Melbourne, Australia, and I'd like to welcome to the show for the first time, hopefully not the last, Robert Starr with the Transformation Show. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Robert. Uh, cheers, Todd. Thank you. It's a real, real honor to be part of the show. Yes, I tell you what, we've been um, shooting each other tweets back and forth for about two years now, and I got to come on the Transformation Show about a year ago. You were uh, gracious enough to send me a copy of the Transformation book that you, uh, that you published uh, last year sometime. And um, you're just a dynamic voice in pharmacy and technology over in Australia. Ah, oh, fantastic! No, you're really, really kind, and uh, yeah, no, look, it was, it was terrific uh, to have you on our on our transformation show. And I know that a lot of our listeners uh, got a lot away from uh, hearing about uh, pharmacy on the other side of the world. And uh, you know, I think we just realised that uh, some of the challenges we're facing every day are very much the same as each other. And uh, you know, whilst we might be poles apart distance-wise, the uh, challenges might remain the same. They really do, and and where we contrast and and overlap um, is is amazing. Uh, before we uh, started the show today, uh, listeners, uh, Robert was sharing with me uh, some of the metrics of uh, Australia's uh, pharmacy industry. So, Robert, before we get started with some of my questions about transformation, let's set the stage and give uh, our American uh, brethren in pharmacy. Uh, kind of the landscape of Australia's pharmacy industry. 
Yeah, sure. Um, look, at, you know, the majority of, and, and we, were t- we were talking about, uh, you know, the rise of specialty pharmacy and uh, in the US, and it's really quite an entrenched uh, type of pharmacy for you guys. Uh, whereas we're pr- pretty much only on the journey now here, where there have been several that have identified clear niches around things like cancer care, aged care, uh, compounding is increasing, uh, not to the level that um, that you are experiencing. So the majority of pharmacies in Australia are community pharmacies. Um, there's close to 5,400 community pharmacies now and uh, you know the rest would probably be private or hospital pharmacies, probably maybe around about up to a thousand of those. So you know altogether you know, and again, don't quote me for exact figures, but we're probably only looking at about maybe six and a half thousand pharmacies nationwide. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, and and when when I first heard you say that, I took a step back and listening to you, and I realized it's because the majority of your population is actually on the outskirts of the country, rather than on, in the middle where there's you know very little population. So it absolutely makes sense because of the land coverage because Australia is enormous, but it's just that you have the majority of civilization obviously on the coast. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. We're very much, uh, as our national anthem is, girt by sea. And uh, we're all around the uh, coast of Australia, which is uh, obviously a very, very nice place of the world. I'd be too biased if I didn't say that. Uh, but, um, yeah, look, for, for us, um, you know, the Australian community pharmacy landscape is probably, you know, the most interesting one. And, you know, again, it's not, uh, you know, notwithstanding the same challenges that community pharmacy in the US no doubt would be experiencing. But, you know, we've seen over the last 15 years here, um, you know, large amounts of government reform around uh, prescription pricing and uh, what the government will pay back to pharmacy or rebate to pharmacy on higher cost medicines. So, you know, we're very fortunate to have our Medicare and pharmaceutical benefits scheme in Australia, which um, I, I don't don't think you have anymore in the US. But, uh, you know, it does mean that, uh, you know, patients will not depending on their level of entitlement, only be paying, you know, perhaps $5 or $6 or up to $38 as a maximum for any higher cost medicine. So we're very lucky in a subsidised nature, but at the same time, we're experiencing the same downward forces of rising operational costs and, uh, you know, seen a real proliferation in the last 10 years of very price-focused discount pharmacies, uh, which has, you know, sent a huge ripple through the industry as uh, they continue to grow in the absence of a uh, I guess, a more valuable niche that has been carved out here in Australia. Yeah, and what what you've done through transformation, and I've been, like I said, watching you for quite some time. Um, And by the way, uh, Pharmacy Podcast listeners, Robert is a second-generation pharmacist. Um, He's recently opened his own pharmacy, and he has made a living of helping um, pharmacy owners and pharmacy operations leverage technology uh, to be more automated and to be um, more concise so that they can spend more time with their patients, just like United States-based pharmacies go through and trying to find that magic uh, combination and balance of uh, operations, workflow efficiency design, um, the right spending, balancing your profit and loss statements, uh, knowing who to go for um, recommendations, as well as consulting. So. Um, you know, we're, we're 
so different in in some ways, but uh, so alike in others. And I think that when I've listened to several of your uh, shows, um, you're uh, you're on the eve of your 100th episode. By the way, congratulations, transformation show. Um, I've listened to so many of your guests come on, talk about social media, uh, pharmacy platforms, mobile technology, which is so critical to uh, medication adherence, um, and then financial positions of, of, of different pharmacy owners and how they can uh, actually be more profitable by leveraging automation. So this, this show is just dynamic. And by the way, if you're listening and you're in front of a, a computer, uh, go to go to Google, put in Transformation Show, which is T-R-A-N-S-P-H-A-R-M-A-T-I-O-N, so Transformation Show, and it'll bring up uh, Robert Starr's podcast, or you can go right to his website, robertstar.com, Star is S-Z-T-A-R.com. So Robert, my first question for you is, why in the world did you become a pharmacist? <laughs> well, yeah, really, you know, it's interesting. I I, uh, I spent a lot of time um, when I was writing Transformation, the book, um, really digging into myself to work out, you know, how the hell I ended up in this position. And uh, it's a really interesting one. Like, as, as you alluded to, I am a second generation pharmacist. And I think the majority of people assume then, well, I was pushed into it and I didn't have a choice. Um, but, you know, it was really probably only until the latter part of high school that, you know, that was a decision that I, I came to myself. Um, but I think, to be perfectly honest, like I had a lot of, uh, I had three grandparents um, that were very, very sick through my childhood. And so as a family, we spent a lot of time in hospitals. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting, I guess, from a perspective that I was exposed to, I guess, what community health care looked like through my father's business, what um, hospital health care looked like and you know very much from an early age saw that you know it was the through the medical and uh, surgical interventions which you know ultimately is technology um, we were able to extend and uh, maximize our time together as a family and uh, you know I guess from my, early on my, my mission there was to you know obviously try to work in the healthcare space pharmacy naturally came out at a later stage to you know help families maximize their time Time together and uh, technology as a, as a side thing for that was just something I've been playing with uh, ever since I was uh, in the early early ages of two and three, where I managed to electrocute myself a number of times trying to stick things into uh, powerpoints, and uh, Mum had to uh, give me all these non-connected powerpoints so that I wouldn't try to kill myself. But uh, I just like playing with gadgets and um, you know tinkering with technology, and so look, it, it was it, it's a really nice little intersection that I've enjoyed. Um, but as a pharmacist, you know, there's never been a better time to, I think, be a pharmacist and own a pharmacy, which some may consider a controversial statement right now through the agency of what technology can help us achieve in partnership if we recognise it as a true partnership, uh, not something that technology sits on the side and we do everything else. If you work hand in hand with technology, which I've made it my mission to do that, um, some really exciting things can happen. That's a really interesting perspective and something that I definitely share with you. And, um, you know, I mentioned you on um, 
on our recent episode or a very recent episode called Pharmacy Technology Integration Challenge. And I was talking about how I've listened to you and your guests talk about a little bit of the touch of integration. And that can be uh, tapping into an electronic health record, connecting properly with automation and sharing information um, with the um, ever-growing amount of data that's available to a primary care physician. And that primary care physician is, is taxed with seeing so many patients a day. He relies on his specialist for very specialized issues within, with their patients. And then obviously there's the medication specialist, that is the pharmacist. So my frustration, and Jerry Farney, who's a, uh, an avid blogger in the United States, you can find his blog, jerryfarney.com. Uh, he spells his last name F-A-H-R-N-I. So jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, farney.com. He, he's an informatics expert, and he talks about uh, integration a lot, as, as did we on our podcast. And what we were saying was, you know, it's 2016, and so many of our pharmacy systems, there's about uh, 12 leading pharmacy management systems in the United States, there's probably over 30 plus that are out there, but 12 of them are, you know, have the bulk of the numbers of pharmacies using them. And those 12 are not integrated with electronic health records. Uh, I, I bet you probably less than two or three might be truly integrated by bi-directional passing of information. And we have something called e-prescribing in the United States. That's electronic prescription. That's, a, that's where the, the physician can enter in a prescription right at the time of seeing the patient in the electronic health record. It travels through a company called SureScripts, and then it's dissipated or sent to the pharmacy of choice, which is up to the, um, up to the patient to choose if they want. However, returning information to the electronic health record doesn't come through SureScripts or the electronic health record or the electronic uh, um, transmission connection. So we don't have any bi-directional uh, connection to an electronic health record. Now inside health systems or hospitals that is, sometimes they'll have an electronic health record that does have a pharmacy component and sure enough they'll talk. But once that patient leaves the hospital and goes home and starts to deal with their community pharmacy, and that community pharmacy receives the prescription, makes the order, gives it to the patient. If that pharmacist wants to do some what we call medication therapy management, which is, a, which is really a, a way to follow up to ensure that that patient doesn't fall off their regimen, fall off their therapy, and then what happens? Well, there's a relapse, and it causes them to go back into the hospital, which you know costs the system a tremendous amount of money. So that integration, uh, Robert, is missing in our United States healthcare system, and I'm just extremely frustrated by it. Mm, no, no, absolutely. And, you know, really in listening to that, there is some really similar challenges that, that we see over here. Um, we also have um, a prescription gateway. Um, I think, you know, we're probably... Um, Nowhere near as advanced, I think, is where you are in as much that um, 
the paper prescription has disappeared from the workflow as far as I'm aware in the US workflow. Uh, whereas for us, um, we're maintaining, I guess, a paper and an electronic system side by side. And um, the paper really does act as that token um, to enable uh, prescription information to be transferred from a prescriber to a pharmacy. Um, our workflow is such there are two prescription gateways over here, um, both of which uh, do talk to each other. So that's not like if you scan one barcode, uh, you have to have two receiving um, programs in the pharmacy. They'll capture each other's. Um, they're ERX and MediSecure. Um, but the process there is that when a GP writes the prescription over here or a doctor, um, It'll be sent to those prescription exchanges and stored there. Um, and it will only be when the patient has brought that paper prescription to a ph physical pharmacy uh, that that pharmacy can scan the barcode and that information is brought down. The point-to-point um, the -point dispensing um, is something that is not part of our landscape. Um, at this stage in Australia from an electronic point of view. Um, so a patient does still have to um, look after that paper really securely, otherwise they won't be able to receive that information. But what then happens from our perspective is that the, um, the electronic records of prescriptions is really solid. Um, and uh, there's some really innovative projects that are developing and being rolled out in small stages over here that should hopefully be able to see a universal medication view being created um, so that pharmacies and prescribers can see a unified prescription record for each individual patient. Um, the challenge is, though, is that outside of prescription information, uh, pharmacy clinical information is not integrated with any uh, of the pharmacy systems. Uh, the electronic prescriptions are integrated into just about every um, system that's running in, in community community pharmacy, um, but um, in terms of the actual clinical information, you know, I see this every day in our, in our pharmacy here, um, which is, you know, only new, but we're heavily um, working collaboratively with our local prescribers. We're having to utilise third-party gateways um, to be able to send secure messages that they can receive into their system, uh, but there's no way for that information to pass back into a clinical system at our end at this point. So it really is a case of, you know, having, uh, you know, a whole lot of different Lego pieces that don't quite fit together. Some of them do some in terms of being able to go one way, but like I think very similar to what you see, going the other way uh, can open up a whole set of new challenges as well. Wow. So pharmacy, uh, United States pharmacy listeners, pharmacy podcast listeners, even in uh, the great country of Australia, they're facing similar uh, issues with uh, interconnected and unconnected uh, challenges, which is uh, really interesting. Even when they do have connection, just like um, here in America, um, sometimes it doesn't work uh, as designed. And um, the Farm uh, Transformation Show, um, the initiative is to make things uh, work better as as best as they can based on the consultancy of Robert Starr and his team. Robert came out with a really interesting tool that I'd like to announce to our Pharmacy Podcast listeners. Uh, it presents nine areas of improvement to a pharmacy. 
through a, a really interesting diagnostic uh, tool set that Robert has designed and put together. And I am thoroughly impressed with this. You can find it at pharmacyfreedomindex.com. Once again, that's pharmacyfreedomindex.com. Robert, tell us about this tool and what this can help um, help our uh, pharmacies here in America kind of discover about their operations. Yeah, sure. Look, uh, I guess the, the, the premise behind the Pharmacy Freedom Index was as I was uh, writing Transformation, the book, uh, which we launched in 2000, uh, August 2014, um, it, which really gave any pharmacy a framework for implementing technology as easily and simply as possible uh, without all the technology jargon that often gets thrown around by different vendors and partners when considering how a piece of technology may integrate into your business. And, you know, that's the critical element that you need to, no one understands your business better than you do. And so really you need to understand how to link your existing processes with the great power of the technology. Otherwise, as most of us have found, technology just becomes an alien force in the pharmacy where it just doesn't quite fit. Um, so in conjunction with that framework, um, I had a lot of pharmacists say to me, look, you know, where can I apply this to? And uh, what the Pharmacy Freedom Index offers um, any pharmacy or ph pharmacist or pharmacy owner is the opportunity to be able to isolate where in a business in nine critical areas technology has a large opportunity. And, you know, as we always do when we do strength analysis of our business and weakness analysis. We, we have uh, our SWOT analysis that we take a lot of our clients through um, is that, you know, you focus on those areas of largest opportunity first. So, by answering 75 strategic questions, and it sounds like a lot of questions when I say it like that, but they're yes, no, don't know questions. Um, most of our Australian participants will answer this in about seven to 10 minutes. So it really doesn't take very long. And you'll get an understanding, I guess, of where technology can create the biggest um, areas of benefit to your business. And it revolves around three key pillars of operational efficiency, which revolves around finance, operations, and people, um, a patient-centric business model, so recognising that for pharmacy to survive and thrive in the 21st century, we need to be working collaboratively and creating um, together with our patients. And so it really does assess how open we are to that framework with uh, working with our patients. So looking at that innovation and also how we integrate our healthcare and supplier partners. And also, as you touched on earlier, um, automation, uh, which is a huge area of being able to partner with smart technology. So that also includes things like mobility and also your core IT systems and, you know, ultimately, getting things integrated as best as possible to enable greater efficiency. That's great. I'm excited. I'm going to go take the, um, take the index test myself with some information that I know of, uh, some of the micro clients, micro chain clients that I've assisted, but that's incredible. Once again, that's pharmacyfreedomindex.com. I'm going to include that in our show notes as well as uh, Robert Starr's contact information and a link to the transformation show and uh we're about out of time today robert but boy i tell you what it's been a long time coming i thank you so much for uh coming on the pharmacy podcast show and i guess it's my turn up to come back on your show so let's not make it another year before uh we can get back together 
No, absolutely. Thanks, Todd, and uh, fantastic to uh, always chat about all things pharmacy with you. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. We were on with guest Robert Starr of the Transformation Show. And if you Google Transformation Show, you will find it. It's an amazing podcast uh, by Robert dedicated to technology and pharmacy and automation. And we thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at pharmacypodcast.com.